0: Welcome to Believe, a Joy Yoga podcast, where I'll be interviewing people about how they've overcome limiting beliefs to become their authentic selves and achieve amazing things. I'm so excited to have you with me. So welcome to the podcast. So today's guest is Lauren Gurnady, who's the academic coordinator of the Kripalu School of Ayurveda. She's also an Ayurvedic health counselor and a 500-hour Kripalu yoga teacher. An avid devourer of Ayurvedic texts, new and old, Lauren spreads her love of Ayurveda through writing and teaching. As the former cook and kitchery queen of the Ayurvedic Center of Vermont, she has empirical experience of the transformational power of Ayurveda through diet, lifestyle practices, and pancha karma. With an unwavering commitment to this ancient science of life, Lauren is dedicated to spreading the intuitive wisdom of Ayurveda to people in all walks of life. So welcome, Lauren to the podcast. No, thank you. So happy to be here. Yeah. Um, so obviously I just kind of read like your like life in an Ayurvedic nutshell. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> I kind of wanted to kick it over to you and just um, have you share in of your own words kind of like how you
1: got to where you are today. Sure. Yeah, it's always kind of a funny thing to think about. Um, So I was first introduced to Ayurveda back in 2002. I went to a huge hippie school called the Evergreen State College. And I was really into Western astrology. So this is kind of a weird way to come to uh, Ayurveda. But I was super into astrology, like just compartmentalizing people and having like these archetypes and understanding kind of from the psychological aspect too. And I had a roommate and he was like, hey, I think you'd really like Ayurveda. And gave me a giant book on Ayurveda. And once I opened that book, I was forever enchanted with Ayurveda. They say that when Ayurveda taps you, like you have to kind of heed the call. And for me, that was definitely the case where, you know, I was interested in Ayurveda, like from then on, like, understood people better where I'm like, Oh, that's why my brother has to sleep with the blindfold on and have sunglasses on inside. And that's where my other brother could sleep for days and always has sinus infections. And it just really gave me a clearer understanding of people. And from there, like i wanted to study it for years and years and kept looking at schools and putting it off for various reasons. And, um, it was funny. Like I even like printed out an application for Kripalu where I ended up going to school, but like eight years before I even ended up going there. But, um, so I kept putting it off, putting it off, and at the time, I was working in special ed at a school in Vermont, and my catalyst was, like, just breaking up another playground fight and, like, getting kicked <laughs> in the shins, and I was like, I am not built for this. Like, I am not a bad cop, and I don't want to spend my life yelling at children. Like, just this isn't what I want to do with my life, and I kind of had just felt this void where I didn't have direction or, like, a dharma, per se, like, and felt empty in that regard and so at that point that was just my like uh, awakening I was like I have to do something and so from there applied to the school of ayurveda like a year in advance like December and we didn't start till September and went from there and um it's really interesting to look back on it where it's often said like if things just unfold with grace and ease then it's the right path and for me, it just really unraveled, like, just, like, everything came really naturally, where it was, like, really little effort, and just things started to just fall into place as far as, like, went to school, and, um, like, I didn't even have a car at the time, and there just happened to be somebody that lived near me and was going to school at the same time and could drive me and just all these great things, but went to Kripalu and graduated, and then that summer, I moved to Chicago for a bit and did some consultations but ended up getting an internship at Charpallo to be the um, ayurveda intern so did that for a year and then from there i worked again in chicago but worked for everyday ayurveda so i'd started writing that's how i decided to kind of keep working with ayurveda was through like teaching and writing articles about ayurveda and from there i'd opened up a job to be the website manager and editor for everyday ayurveda And from there, that brought me to the Nama Conference. I'm almost done. But it brought me to the Nama Conference where I met Allison Morris from the Ayurvedic Center. And she was looking for a live-in resident. And she owns a Panchakarma Center up near Burlington, Vermont. So I was hired to be, like, the live-in resident and made a ton of kitchery and did, like, um, body work and taught yoga and did um, lots of things for her, and from there I got called back to Kripalu to be the academic coordinator. So it's just like one thing after another, without even looking for jobs. But it's all worked out really beautifully, and here I am working at Kripalu as the academic coordinator. So for <laughs> working with like older students now that won't kick me you. in the shins, <laughs> exactly.
0: <laughs> exactly. Um, so for people who have like maybe heard of Ayurveda from like a Mind Body Green or whatever. Article: How do you describe to people what that is? Um, I know, like the more you study it, the more you're like, I don't even know how to explain that. But um, (laughs) we're just like, I don't know. It gets so there's so much uh, stuff.
1: I know it can be a bit overwhelming. Like traditionally, what I say is just Ayurvedic is the traditional system medicine from India. It's five thousand years old, and it's often thought of as like the sister science of yoga. It works with the the five elements and is a nature based system that looks to like create balance through diet and lifestyle in living in sync with the rhythms of nature. I
0: love that. That's kind
1: of my, my yeah. little elevator
0: speech, <laughs> the, the tiny nutshell that like, you can put it in. Um, yeah. It's funny too, that you say that about like your backstory about the more you study it, the more you, you kind of understood people around you because I, I've also experienced that a lot is, um, And maybe you can kind of turn to a little bit of like the, the doshas or kind of personality aspect of it. Um, I know that's also a lot to put in like a tiny answer to a question, but, um, like, how has that helped you change kind of how you understand the world and understand yourself maybe?
1: Hmm. Well, I mean, I guess it's, it's been helpful to understand different people's behavioral patterns, you know, or, um, I had already kind of said this about my brother but like I'm also dating someone that has quite a bit of kaffa and so like everything for him is just kapha is made up of it's a constitution or a dosha rather that's made up of earth and water and it's a little bit slower and so like this guy just like moves a little bit slower and like i'm always waiting for him and like can he can just sleep through anything and <laughs> uh, you know it's where like it gives me more patience i think to start to be like oh that's just like your kapha or here's like you know or somebody's like getting all fired up be like it's not you it's like a Dr. log quote, like, it's not you, it's just your pitta. So <laughs> getting a little bit revved up. So it's helped in like understanding that a little bit more. It's also really helped me understanding more um, when looking back on my life where there's been moments when like in high school, I remember like just struggling with insomnia for bits and like just having a lot of anxiety and now having the clear understanding of what that was, where it was just too much pressure but like an increase of vata dosha so the air and ether elements and just taking on too many of those qualities so that that started to show up so instead of thinking it so much as like some kind of psychological imbalance of like mania or something like that that would be you know compartmentalized in the western world you know, just seeing it, it's like, oh, there was a vata imbalance in this period of my life because of X, Y, and Z In understanding it more and being able to, instead of being scared of it, knowing how to treat it now.
0: Yeah, I love that. And I, I love too that, um, that Ayurveda recommends kind of a, like a daily routine and like a systematic practice. Could you talk a little bit about that and maybe some of your favorite you know
1: things that you incorporate from
0: like your yeah. like your dinacharya
1: whatever your daily routine <laughs> sure yeah so in ayurveda one of the cornerstones is having a, a dinacharya or a daily routine so flowing with the rhythms of you know the cycles of the day and so anyone can benefit from routine but really the benefits behind it are that it, your body really thrives with the routine. So going to bed at the same time, roughly every day, getting up the same time, eating your meals at the same time. And what that does is that it kind of um, soothes the nervous system. So the body's not, there's not this unpredictable rhythm that's happening in your life. So the body's not like, oh my God, yesterday I was fed at noon and now it's like three and I still haven't been fed. And I think of it as like the character fear and upside down, you know, we're nice. just like, oh my God, what's happening, what's happening. And so because of that irregularity, the body can be a little bit more on high alert. and also if it's just not if there's just not consistency with like the sleep pattern and things like that that's when you might start to see you know issues like insomnia or um, other health stuff trickle in and also like even like just rhythm with like going the bathroom the same time you can like basically like condition yourself to always have the bowel movement at the same time preferably in the morning so just by creating that rhythm but what my daily routine looks like um is getting up around sunrise so Ayurveda recommends getting up around sunrise because that's a very auspicious time to be up and just wanting to be up when it's more of those ethereal light qualities so that you take that more into your day rather than sleeping beyond the sunrise and you'll just feel heavier and groggier and maybe puffy and have a sinus congestion so waking up and um, yeah, first thing I do is throw on a pot of water to bring to a boil and scrape my tongue and put rose water in my eyes and brush my teeth, have a bowel movement, which is like the biggest thing in Ayurveda. I feel like that's all we do is talk about talk poop, poop in Ayurveda. Because yeah. yep. <laughs> you can tell so much about your health based on your poop. But, um, from there, you know, drink. I've been into a cup of warm water with, uh, apple cider vinegar instead of lemon juice. Nice. I've been finding that's been really helpful for me and like my immunity, it's not like I've never heard nothing in like the Ayurvedic texts about it, but you know, often it'll be recommended with like lemon or something. You can think of that. Like the water is a way to flush the system in the morning. And one of our teachers talks about like the lemon juice. I would say apple cider vinegar would be similar, it would be like the soap too, to It kind of like cleanse the system. So the water isn't absorbed so much It's like just as a gentle flush of the system first thing in the morning. And yeah, so do that, do some meditation, yoga, breathing things like that eat breakfast off to work <laughs> that's kind of like my morning routine yeah and then the rest of it's pretty basic lunch around noon and then following that and I'm usually in bed by like 9 9 30 I'm not very fun Some people are like let's go to the bar and I'm like no no I'm bedtime no you know, I'm so Ayurveda recommends getting in bed before 10 and I've never had a problem with that even in college I would be like the nerd being like I have a better book to read than this party so I'm going home yeah <laughs> well that's it
0: even in um I'm Like for those of you interested, the school of Ayurveda is very nice, and normally they let you go to bed at like a very nice hour because you know you're studying Ayurveda and you should actually live it. Um, But like the there are very few nights in the program where we go from seven to nine, and I was like, y'all, I go to bed at eight thirty. I don't. I'm starting to. I can't. (laughs) So I'm so hard to function. Yeah, Yeah. it's really late, and I don't know. I mean, you guys actually are like teaching and cleaning up and stuff afterwards too. I'm always like, oh, oh, peace out. I've got to (laughs) go. So yeah.
1: Yeah, so in Ayurveda, it's recommended to get to bed before ten, just because after ten is when it's thought that the body starts to digest and like detoxify, like everything it took in during the day. But like do tissue repair and things like that. And so if you're awake during those hours, your body's not doing all these processes that are required to maintain and um, detoxify the body. And there's also been scientific studies now, not related to Ayurveda, that say that the sleep you get before midnight is like can count as like double the amount. So like every hour counts as two. And I'm like, Oh, that's awesome.
0: Yeah. Bonus points. <laughs> um, so for people who are looking to kind of follow a little bit of the routine, but like rose water and scraping tongue and, you know, neti pot and like warm water and bedtime and whatever all seems like a lot. What mm-hmm. are there like one or two things that you recommend somebody to start with?
1: Yeah. My favorite thing is the tongue scraping. And so it's funny. I had said to the students last time, I'm like, I will not date someone if they won't scrape their tongue. Like (laughs) if you're my boyfriend, that's like the first thing I give my boyfriend is like, here's a tongue scraper. So that is my go-to Ayurvedic practice. And we just asked all the students in this last module, if they could only pick one self-care practice to do the rest of their life. A lot of them had said, the tongue scraping was yeah. between that and the abhyanga. But tongue scraping, so first thing in the morning before you drink anything or brush your teeth, would uh, you have a you scrape your tongue. So they come in stainless steel. They also come in copper. I wouldn't recommend the, uh, the plastic ones because they can harbor some bacteria. But, yeah, so just extending your tongue out and scraping the sludge that just gets produced while you're sleeping. So, like, as you're sleeping, your body is detoxifying, and that can show up as, like, a residue on your tongue. And so – one of the, one of our graduates just calls it tongue poop. So you just want to get this <laughs> off your tongue, so that oh, you're not re- simulating simulating it. So that's why you're doing it before you drink water or anything like that. And also like first thing when you wake up, so you're not swallowing it. Yeah. And um, so it just helps eliminate those. And it's also a great way to check in with the body and see how well you're digesting. So you might notice. Some mornings it's really thin, the coating, and there's not much, and then other mornings it's really thick, and it can be helpful to be like, oh, yeah, yesterday I had like a pizza and ice cream before I went to bed, and this is the aftermath. Totally. So just a kind of get indication of how well you're digesting, it helps with like your sense of taste, and also um, the, yeah, like your breath will smell smell better, and I've noticed, I have some friends that say like they feel like they taste food better, and one of the classical texts says it helps with like perverted cravings too, like people that are craving things that aren't healthy for them. So it's a good practice. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. I love it. Yeah.
0: Um, (laughs) So since you talked about Ayurveda texts, um, so there are three main Ayurveda texts, if I remember all of my goodness correctly. Um, But I know some of them have some like obvious, really amazing wisdom and some of them are kind of silly too. <laughs> so yes. I was just wondering if you have any, like, I don't know, one of your favorite things that the texts say, and then one of your like silliest things or.
1: Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, well, they're probably all going to be silly, but um, <laughs> I was just reading earlier today about fever in one of them. And like some signs of fever, if it's Pitta, will be like, dislike <laughs> for children. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God. I was like, oh, <laughs> here it is. Hatredness towards sweet edibles and children. And I was like, okay, <laughs> that's, that's me. Um, another one of my favorite quotes that's from Ashtanga Hadam is, you know, as far as like your winter, like your seasonal routine and how to adapt for each of the seasons. So there's one for the winter, and this one is said, it's Recommends that you surround yourself with women that have like they're like voluptuous and have well-developed thighs and breasts and like are enchanting and smell amazing to help ward off like the cold. (laughs) (laughs) So just surround yourself by these women. I'm like, oh my god, this is so funny. That seems like really good (laughs) advice. (laughs) <laughs> I know they're all like there's some that's whenever you know when we first assigned them to the students and like I promise they're really entertaining where it's like do not ride a camel during the midday sun backwards and I don't know yeah. of course there's some great wisdom in them as well right. but there's also some very entertaining things no I love it that's awesome um so
0: one of the modules that you guys teach in the school of Ayurveda is the uniting yoga in Ayurveda which is one of my favorite things that I've ever done but mm-hmm. um I wanted to see if you could talk a little bit um, for anyone who practices yoga or is teaching that might be listening, um, if you have ways that um, you can kind of recommend incorporating Ayurveda into practice.
1: Hmm. Well, one thing we talk about with just even teaching the regular yoga teacher training students Mm -hmm. is like integrating Ayurveda into your life by creating that daily routine so that... Like you can be more radiant and vibrant and robust so that like your health is you're taking care of it so that you can then go forward and like have students and take care of them and have the energy, you know, because your well is filled so that you can, that can be able to be transferred to your students. As far as like what to integrate into their, you're asking like what they can integrate into their yoga? Mm -hmm, Yep. So the module that we teach is how to integrate the two together, Ayurveda and yoga. And like we teach ways to like um, how you can shift your yoga basic, like kind of how similarly you would shift your diet to be seasonal. So like in the winter you would eat more heavier foods and then in the spring you'd eat lighter foods. So we teach ways to like that you can make your yoga more seasonal or you can adapt it for the time of day. Or even if you have students in your class that have specific imbalances and I probably am not even answering the question the way you want me to, but, um, you know, like for me, it was actually really transformative to see this because I always did the exact same practice every morning, whether it just be like sun salutations and just plowing through them. But this was an opportunity for me to like really see yoga as medicine, Mm -hmm. but also how to just tailor the practice to fit my own needs and so Ayurveda is really a practice of like diving inside and learning more about like the truth of who you are and like observing yourself like all about self-observation and so with the yoga practice I started to be like okay, Um, like I'm feeling a little bit more vata imbalanced. And so like, I'm like a little bit anxious and feeling ungrounded. And so uh, instead of doing like a vinyasa flow, I might do something more like a restorative class or doing just a slow flow and things that like postures that are more grounded with my gaze on the ground and like um, low music and low lights, things like that to help just anchor me and ground me more. Whereas like, in the springtime or certain mornings where I'm just feeling super sluggish, I would do the opposite. So I would bring in a practice that's more enlivening and maybe play some more like upbeat or popular music. And then um, that's where it might be more appropriate for me to be doing like sun salutations and more athletic robust practice. Um, so just finding like, for me, that's been a really cool practice to learn how to just keep shifting based on what my body needs and not just on like going through the same road practice.
0: Yeah. I think that's really been my favorite part is, you know, I think there's a tendency for us like Pitta, summertime, fiery people in particular, guilty, um, <laughs> to like, you know, go into class and go to the like the most extreme, difficult posture option that's given because I can do it and look at me go and all of this stuff. And um, and I love that idea of not just taking what you would do or even your natural instinct and just like actually being thoughtful and adjusting your practice based on what you need. Because I think it takes a lot of self-inquiry to figure out You know, okay, what is the season? What is the time of day? How do I feel? And then do I really need to jam my arms up in warrior one and lift them up (laughs) high or, you know, do I really want them at my heart or do I really want them at the waist and below? Like there's, you know, such ways to like subtle ways, I think even to shift a practice so that it's nourishing and not, um, depleting, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, and I love, I just love that you guys teach that. And I think that kind of brings me back to the next question I was going to ask, which is about balance. Um, because I feel like a lot of, of what Ayurveda teaches is how to bring imbalance back into balance. You know, a lot of what, what Ayurveda teaches and what you guys share um, in the courses there is about how to take like a fiery person instead of you know giving them chili peppers, you give them I don't know, something cool and calm. Um, but I was wondering
1: if you could talk a little bit about that. Yeah. Um, as far as in Ayurveda, like one of the main roles and whatever I'm teaching and like, if you only remember one thing, just remember that like increases like and opposites create balance. And it's a really, it's simple in that just as you said, so like, if you're feeling really, let's just go with cold. Like if you're feeling really cold, what, you, what do you do? Like, do you eat ice cream and go stand outside in the snow with bare feet? Or do you put on the sweater and eat some soup and drink some tea? Things like that. So you can create balance with looking um, for the opposite. Or same with like if your skin is dry, instead of doing like dry brushing, um, you would just add oil or some kind of moisturizer. So that's where, again, it's this process of diving inside and looking and being like, do I feel hot or do I feel cold? Do I feel dry or oily or heavy or light? So going through and kind of doing an inventory to trying to figure out how to create this balance. And it's something that can be done throughout the day, whether it's, you know, like I'm sitting at my desk and I'm starting to feel super sluggish. So get up and do a little bit of movement. So doing the opposite. So I'm like stagnating. I do something to create mobility and bring in some movement circulation or, you know, even with like each meal, like today I'm feeling like flighty. So instead of having, like raw fruit, I'm going to have something that'll anchor me. So like oatmeal with sweet potatoes and dates or something like that. So looking to just create balance once again, through that self inquiry and study. And yeah, like you said, no chili peppers. <laughs> you can balance it with like, yeah, cucumbers or coconut water or something like that. So yeah, it's a, just a continual practice. And of course, there's plenty of times where it's like, I know this is bad for me, and I know I'm going to pay the price, but that's part of the learning process. Right. Making that yeah, informed like,
0: decision. Yeah. Right. Yeah.
1: You're like, well, the last time I did this.
0: <laughs> right.
1: So, yeah. Um,
0: so that also, I think, brings me to my my next favorite Ayurvedic phrase, which along with, you know, your cool kind of rules of like increases like an opposite spring balance is um, it depends. (laughs) I I know some people find that really irritating, but I actually enjoy the idea of, you know, asking a question to an Ayurvedic practitioner and often you'll get the answer. It depends just because Mm -hmm. we're also individualistic. And I think that's overlooked a lot. And especially like kind of our diet culture that tells you, you know, eat paleo no matter what, Mm -hmm, or eat mm -hmm. vegan no matter what, or eat vegetarian no matter what. Like there are just rules for everyone, you know, exercise this much. And that's your recommended daily practice where Ayurveda would say it depends. Um, So I was wondering if you could, you know, share some about that and kind of that tailored approach.
1: Yeah, so that's um, definitely what makes Ayurveda unique is that instead of a one-size-fits-all, everything is – Personalize for what the person is presenting with so in ayurveda it's believed that we're all born with our own unique constitution it's called our prakriti and so this is a unique uh, a unique composition of the five elements so we have an the we all have like a different proportion of those so those are ether air water fire and I already, ether, air, <laughs> fire, water, and earth. Yeah. Um, so different proportions of that in different proportions of the twenty qualities, and so that's our natural state, and that's when we feel our best and the most balanced. And then we are. We also look at something called the vikruti, and that's your current state. So based on like what you're doing throughout your life or what's been happening lately that'll be that'll influence what's happening in your current state and so these will be often a little bit different or very different but what an Ayurvedic practitioner or doctor is looking to do is trying to bring that current state to match the original state and so you can think of the original state as like the bottom of a lake where there's not much movement and it's just set whereas the top of the lake is going to be your current state so anytime there's like you know, like somebody throws a stone in, there's going to be a little bit of a ripple or if there's a wind. So everything you do is going to influence that current state. So whether it's like, I'm going to go out four nights in a row and stay up till 2am, or I'm going to, you know, be great and uh, eat kitchen for lunch today or whatever it is, like every single choice will have a little, it'll have an impact on what your current state is. And so everything is individualized. So that's why it can be an it depends. So um, you know, we're like, we're often told like everyone should drink eight ounces of eight glasses of water a day in Ayurveda. That would really depend. So if you had a lot more of the water element in you, you might not need as much water. Whereas if you have more air and ether in you, you would need more water. And so that's where it totally depends on what your body type is and what your needs are. Same with exercise where exercise for one person can look totally different than for another, where for one person, um, like running could be really depleting and draining. Whereas for another person, it can be invigorating and like help move stagnant lymph and help with circulation and just enliven them. So it becomes really personalized where there's no really one size fits all. I'm not really, there. really, there absolutely is no one size fits all with Ayurveda. And that's, what's interesting with these diet trends too, where it's like, how you mentioned like the paleo diet or raw or vegan where that's, um, it wouldn't, that like can't, it wouldn't apply um, to any, like just as a broad, or it wouldn't apply just to like one type of person or eat to everyone. But, um, you know, where in Ayurveda, everything, there's like kind of a season for all of those where some of those might be appropriate, but it wouldn't be appropriate to be eating year round. Uh, you know, where like something more like the Atkins diet might be more appropriate in the winter when we're encouraging people to eat more meat and like um, kind of heavier things. Uh, but add in bread and things like that and fun foods but like all of them like could some of them, these diets could be applicable to different times of the year but none of them would really be sustainable throughout the whole year because in Ayurveda we're also looking to live in rhythm with nature and eating like really with diet it should really be seasonal eating. I love it. That was a long rambly answer. No, <laughs> no,
0: it's, it's <laughs> awesome. No, like I'm, I'm totally a nerd for all of this stuff so every time I hear anyone talk about it even if I know kind of like where you're going with this. I was still like, oh, it's so true. I love it. (laughs) So yeah, it's exciting stuff. So people um, want to learn more about Ayurveda or about what you guys offer at Kripalu. Could you talk a little bit about the School of Ayurveda program?
1: Sure. Yeah. So well, at Kripalu in general, we, through the Kripalu School of Ayurveda, we have some introductory programs. So if people are just looking to get their feet wet, we do five-day intro to Ayurveda programs, which are, Labeled two is nourishing self-care retreats. So these were where you'll learn some of the introductory principles and get to experience, you know, we'll do like cooking and get into like the psychology and more about the doshas and all of that. So you just get a a nice little intro. And then we also have the foundations of Ayurveda. And so these are two nine-day modules that gets deeper into these fundamental theories of Ayurveda and how to practically apply it to your own life. And then from there, students that take foundations can continue on to become Ayurvedic health counselors. And this is a 650-hour program, and uh, it just builds off that foundations program. So it's four more modules where they learn how to start seeing clients and empower other people to start taking on these healing practices. And then we also have an Ayurvedic yoga teacher training so that includes the foundation modules that I just talked about, and then that Uniting Yoga and Ayurveda module that you had mentioned earlier. So how you can learn how to, you know, tailor your yoga classes as a teacher to reflect what's happening seasonally or changing them for the time of day, or if you're working one-on-one, how you can tailor them for your stu- a student that has any particular imbalances. So how to modify, like, pranayama, meditation, and postures for the individual doshas, and... I think that's pretty much it with what we offer. Nice. Like, we'll have some um, advanced studies programs for students that have continued, uh, have studied with us, or Ayurvedic health counselors that they can come. Like, we're doing one on pregnancy and one on skincare, which will be really fun. Nice. No, it'll be great. Yeah. So it's, you know, and we, yeah, we do some Ayurvedic cooking programs. We try and do that as much as possible as well.
0: Yeah, it's really fun to get in the kitchen and learn how to make ghee and another. I love things. it.
1: Yeah, I was going to say for you know your listeners, like, you had mentioned this in one of the pre-questions, but a great introductory book is Kate O'Donnell's cookbook that uh, every day Ayurveda. Yeah, you know, where people want to learn more about Ayurveda too on their own, it's a great book. Where and also has phenomenal recipes that are yeah, they're really perfect delicious. for like one to two people. I know they're awesome. They're like yeah. twenty minutes and great if you live alone or want to, you know, one or two people. So they're small servings. That's a great one. Yeah. I make them a lot zippier with my little Instapot. It's like, Oh you yeah. Know, you use
0: your stove. And I'm like, I'm just going to take a little shortcut here,
1: but um, yeah, that's nice. It works. Out I did really the like... rice cooker for a while during a cleanse. I'm like, Oh, this is nice. Yeah. Take you set it. The... I would do it at work. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just exactly. my
0: desk. It's like, let me set this. I'll go walk my dog. I come back and I have kitchen. And it's magical. Yeah. It's yeah. perfect. Yeah. Um, So as we're wrapping up here, so I have one question that I ask um, all of the guests who come on the podcast. Um, Since it's the Believe podcast, um, I love to kind of talk to different experts about different things, but also um, kind of have like one centralizing theme about, you know, the limiting beliefs that we kind of all carry around in our lives. So Mm I was just wondering if there's something in your own life that you've kind of been working on, um, something that you have believed about yourself that's not true, and then ways that you work to overcome that so you can kind of be your best self.
1: Hmm. Um, I think one thing I've thought about myself for a long time was that I wasn't like independent and I needed someone to help me along. Mm -hmm. And I got married really young. I got married, like I met this guy like a week after I graduated from college. It was just like, you'll take care of me. And like, (laughs) since then I'm like divorced, but becoming like, kind of becoming my own person and really realizing that like I am independent and I can do I can do things on my own. And, like there's things where I used to be like, that's a man job. Like I don't wanna do it. Yeah. Um, you know, even as simple as like just changing my shower head when it broke and things like that. That felt really empowering and made me feel as though like yes, I can do it. I remember I had a Jyotish reading, which is a Vedic astrology reading. And the guy had said, like, based on my palm and my chart, he's like, you're very independent. And I was fighting with him. I was like, I am not independent. I like being told what to do, blah, blah, blah. And, like, we just got into it for, like, five minutes. And it's funny because it was so ingrained in me that I needed someone to be, like, um, kind of like the uh, the rudder on my boat. Yeah. But now I'm finding that I am perfectly capable of doing it myself, and I'm loving it.
0: That's awesome. I love that. Thanks for
1: sharing that. Yeah. That's very You're cool. welcome.
0: Um, so as we as we wrap up, I just wanted to see if there is um like if people are looking to connect with you online or through Kropalu, um, if there's best ways to do that. And I can put it in the show notes, but if there's uh, websites or social media handles or anything like that, if you wanna share anything like
1: that. Yeah, I mean my email address at Kropolu is just Lauren G at if anyone has any questions. I'm like, I'm on Facebook, but that's, you'd have to find me on Facebook. Just Lauren <laughs> Greenby. But if you want to find me. <laughs> that's fair. But yeah, Instagram awesome. is private. Not super exciting. Yeah. But yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah and then look, feel I'll, put free to the, reach out.
0: I'll put the Kripalu, um website there, too, so folks can kind of.
1: Perfect. Yeah, there's tons of school. articles, you know, between like Erin and myself and the KSA team. We're pre- creating tons of pieces all the time. Not as much as John DuYard. Right. But we're doing our best. That's <laughs>
0: fair. For those who don't know, John Deere is amazing. He runs this um, website called Life Spa. And there's like, I don't know, 15 emails that I get a day. and But not spammy. They're like informative. They're amazing. He's
1: like a prolific writer. I'm like, how does he do it? I don't
0: know. I don't know. Um, I just got a new tea delivery from him today. So I'm excited oh. to go make some. It's good stuff. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, yeah. Lauren, thank you so, so, so much. It's been awesome yeah. to connect with you. And, um, I just really appreciate your time and all of the wisdom that you share. So thank you. You're
1: welcome. Thank you for asking me to be on the show.
0: Of course. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Believe Podcast. To connect with me further, please visit my website at joyyoga108.com. See you next time.